Hello, good people everywhere. Welcome to episode two of the Back to Basics podcast. I'm Pastor Phil Beatty from Hartford City Church, and we continue our series on the basics of visible transformation this month as we look to spiritual disciplines and practices that will help us grow closer to God and feel more of His presence and power in our lives. This episode today, we're going to talk about what Jesus really had to say about money. Last Sunday, I spoke to the church on the theme of generosity, on the theme of giving and how we should give generously. Um, That sermon should be up on the podcast soon. Uh, We're working on it for you. Uh, You can also check out replays of each and every Sunday service on Periscope as well. But I just want to begin this podcast, which takes us a little further into the topic on money and wealth and generosity and giving by looking at what Jesus had to say. I'd like to begin with my definition of generosity that I shared with the church this past Sunday. And here it is. Generosity is an attitude of your heart, a disposition towards your possessions that they are to be enjoyed and shared rather than kept and hoarded. It is believing that God is an infinite and endless giver so that I can give extravagantly knowing that I will receive abundantly. When I think about generosity, again, it's not something that's reserved only for those who have it and for those who ain't got it like that. There are still many people that are more generous and more giving than I've seen anywhere else. One such person is my good friend, Pastor Roberto Martinez, who lives in Tijuana, Mexico. Again, lives at an income level, which is very much lower than most what most Americans live at. But regardless of what he has or doesn't have at any given point of time in his life, he's a very generous person. And it comes from that attitude of his heart, his attitude towards his possessions, his belief that God is an infinite and endless giver and that God will always provide. I remember one time he was telling me about how he was at a pastor's meeting and he was talking with another pastor who had talked about not having a car. And I can't remember if he he lost his car or broke down or something happened to it. But he was talking about how much he had to walk. And Roberto was just moved in his heart to give him his car. In fact, he had received that particular car as a gift himself not too long before. And he decided that as he received it as a gift, he was going to pass it along and gave it to this pastor friend as a gift so that he would have a car uh, to do what he needed to do. When Roberto got home and told his wife Betty about it, uh, she wasn't quite so thrilled with the story as you can imagine. Uh, She wanted to be sure that God had told him to do this and wondered why he was being so generous, overly generous, when they really didn't have anything. Uh, For you see, that was the only car they had. And Pastor Roberto was one who was used to uh, using a car when he has it, but when he doesn't, he walks. uh, You know, he trusts God to provide for his needs. And so since that time, they have actually had several cars. Um, some have been gifts. Some have been ones that they've bought. Um, you know, the, the point of the story is not that Roberto expected that by giving the car away, he would get something bigger and better. He just knew that God would always provide for him, and God has. God has always provided transportation from them, and their generosity is just an evidence of their complete trust in God. So uh, that's just an example that really continues to inspire me. So let's talk today, if we can, a little bit about our money, our wealth, and our possessions, and in particular what Jesus had to say about it. 
Now you'll hear it said many times around church and Christian circles that Jesus talked about money more than any other topic. And my response to that statement is, well, yes and no. Let me try to explain. Jesus does mention money or possessions or wealth several times in his teachings and in his parables. But sometimes money is just mentioned to make a point about something else. Um, in other words, it's just a prop that he uses to teach us truths that are, that are more than just about literally dollars and bills and coins and possessions and things like that. You know, Jesus also talked a lot about figs um, because figs were common during that day and people knew what a fig tree looked like and they knew what figs tasted like and Jesus used that, that image a lot because people could understand it. Now, my wife says that Jesus talked about money so much because we talk about it so much. In other words, Jesus knew that it's a tool that can be used to get our attention to talk about more than just money. Sometimes when Jesus mentions money, it's about money. And sometimes it's about something else. Uh, but he does have things to say about our attitudes towards wealth, possession, and what we have in this world. And Jesus does have a lot to say that affects our money and our attitude towards it. Uh, but let's just try to break it down and see exactly where Jesus is talking about money and where he's using money to talk about something else. Let's begin with the parables. Jesus taught often in parables, which are stories that are intended to teach a point about God or morality or the way that we should live. Now, in the Gospels, there's a total of about 39 parables. And of those 39 parables, nine of the parables mentioned or talk about money. Okay, so Jesus in nine of his 39 parables mentions or talks about uh, money or wealth. Let's look at a few of those together. Uh, the first one, actually we're going to look at all nine and I'm going to kind of explain which ones talk about money and which don't. First, there are six that I think where he just uses money to really talk about something else. First, there's the parable of the two debtors found in Luke 7, 41. And Jesus tells a short, quick parable about two people that owed different amounts of money and the one who owed more was forgiven his debt and the one who owed less was forgiven his debt and Jesus said which one would love more and uh, the obvious answer is the one who has been forgiven more loves more and he used it to illustrate why this woman that everyone considered sinful was uh, worshiping at his feet and pouring perfume on his feet and loving him so extravagantly so it's really about forgiveness and our response to God's forgiveness not literally about money the second is the parable of the unforgiving servant found in Matthew chapter 18 verses 23. This is a parable where a servant owes his master uh, a sum of money and he can't pay it back. It's too big. So the master has mercy on him and forgives it. And then the servant turns around and meets somebody else who owes him an amount of money, but much smaller than what he owed. And he doesn't treat that person with kindness. He is actually cruel and, and demanding. And Jesus, again, uses that parable to talk about forgiveness. He uses money to help us understand what God is talking about with forgiveness. In the third parable, you have the parable of the pearl or uh, the parable of the hidden treasure found in Matthew 13, 45. And money is a prop to talk about how the kingdom of God is more valuable than anything that this world has to offer. In Luke 14, 28, Jesus t tells a parable about if people are going to build a tower, they're going to count the cost first before they set out to build it. And while I definitely agree that that is good money management and a good principle, uh, the main point of what he's talking about is the cost of following Jesus, that we should count the cost before we just say we're going to follow Jesus. In Luke 15, chapter 8, there's a parable of the lost coin. And it's a story Jesus tells of a woman who loses a coin and she doesn't stop searching the house until she finds it. And again, the parable is not really about money. It's about 
God's attitude towards the lost. It's a part of a series of three parables together with the lost sheep and the lost sons that talk about how God comes to seek and to save the lost. The sixth parable that talks about money is the workers in the vineyard found in Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 and following. And in this parable, a, vi- a man who owns a vineyard hires different people to work in his vineyard at different times during the day. So some he hires in the morning, some at noon, some at the very end of the day. And they all get paid exactly the same amount, no matter how much they worked. Whether they worked all day or just an hour, they get paid exactly the same amount. And Jesus uses that parable to talk about how in the kingdom of heaven, many who are first will be last and the last will be first, and that God's grace is for everyone. So it's not literally about money. In fact, if we took that too literally, uh, we might have some a lot more upset people on our hands uh, that they are you know, not getting paid their fair amount. I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like a good business practice for people today. But in the kingdom of God, it's about uh, God's extravagant and lavish grace and salvation that is offered freely to all, no matter what point in our lives we come to Christ, whether we come to Christ young, in the middle, or at the very end of our life. So that leaves us three parables, three out of the 39, that I believe talk about money directly. So let's take a look at those together on this podcast. The first one we can look at is the parable of the bags of gold. They were given to three servants by their master. This is found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. And of course, as he gives them each different amounts, the first two go and invest it, and they bring back twice as much to the master. The third one is afraid, he hides it, he doesn't do anything with it, gives it back to his master, and the master is not pleased with him. Now, the tone of this parable seems that it's talking about more than just money. That God is saying whatever he gives us, he wants us not to hide it away, but to use it. Uh, you know, to multiply it and use it for the kingdom of God. But just because it's talking about more than money doesn't mean that it's not necessarily talking about money, too. Um, I believe that when it comes to everything God's given us, including our money and our wealth, our point is that we should use it. We should invest it. We should spend it, you know, and, and not hide it away. We should not hoard it, but that we should trust that God is going to be pleased when we use uh, his money and everything that he gives us to make an impact for the kingdom of God. The second parable that talks about money and wealth and possessions is found in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. And let me read it for you. Jesus told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, ah, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So the application of that is is pretty simple, that we shouldn't store up treasures on earth, that we shouldn't worry about our daily provisions, but that we should trust God, and that really the most important treasure that we have are things of God's kingdom and not things from the kingdoms of this world. In fact, Jesus also had a teaching outside of a parable in the Sermon on the Mount where he said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth uh, because, you know, things are going to happen. Uh, there's rust, decay, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, Jesus also goes on to say that you can't serve two masters. Uh, you can not serve both God and money. Uh, where you're t- and, and it's important for us to remember that um, we should not put money in front of God. That money should not master us, but we should master money. 
Remember, Jesus also told the rich young man to sell everything he had and give it to the poor, and then he could follow Jesus. And the man went away sad because he had great wealth. And the disciples said, Jesus, how, how can anyone do that? And Jesus knew that this rich young man, if he were willing to give it all, that, that he, would be, he would be provided for, and that the man didn't trust God. So I think Jesus is trying to teach us about money and wealth, that don't focus on it uh, to the point where it becomes our master. Use it for the advancement of God's kingdom. Trust that God will provide for you, that we are to give our money away and to give it away generously and, and gratefully and be willing to spend it. And I believe those are all important lessons about money that Jesus wants us to have, is, is to trust God and, and not trust in things of, of this earth. Well, hopefully you're still listening, listening, and I have just a few more minutes, and, and I don't want to leave out the final parable about money that Jesus talks about, uh, but it's a strange one, so uh, hang on, uh, take a deep breath, and listen to this one, the parable of the shrewd manager from Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 15. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be a manager any longer. And the manager said to himself, oh, What shall I do now? My master's taken away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm too ashamed to beg. Uh, I, I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors, and he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, uh, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. And then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, uh, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Then the Pharisees, who loved money, heard this parable, and they were sneering at Jesus. And he said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. What a strange and interesting parable, isn't it? A man is praised for being dishonest, for forgiving debts that he didn't really have the authority to give, but... Jesus, again, uses that not to teach us literal principles, but to say, hey, here's what's going on here. You know, relationships are more important. You know, how you handle your money is important in the fact of what are you doing with it? Are you doing something with it to make a difference in the kingdom of God? Uh, again, he says we can't have two masters. You can't serve both God and money. And also that, you know, whatever God gives us, he wants us to be faithful with. He wants us to handle with, with wisdom, you know, and, and to make important decisions about how we're going to spend that money. So those are the teachings of Jesus on money from the parables. He has a few other teachings outside of the parables about money and wealth and possessions. And I encourage you uh, to take a look uh, for those in the Gospels when you have time. Uh, but for today, I'd like us just to meditate and think about these things that Jesus said about money and continually through prayer, submit 
our finances, our possessions, our wealth, whatever we've been given to the Lord, always asking Jesus Christ how he wants us to use it, what he wants us to do with it. And always remembering that even though we may lose or give up everything because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we will always have everything that God desires to give to us. And remember that God loves you and God cares for you. You are his children and he will always be there for you. God bless.